0: Hold on, just pause for a second. I love you guys. So, thank you. You nice. Have a great day. I'm, I'm on track. Do you have any? I am um, on track. Wait, you edited? Hey, everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, I am joined by a. Uh, ferocious Hallie this morning who's yelling at me because we were trying to do some outros for the podcast. I was which laughing.
1: Is, well, it was, it was a little bit more than <laughs> a laugh.
0: Like, and sometimes, and people don't really, like, Like, we always do our uh, our live intros to this into the conversation, but if you ever have a guest that do reviews or outros, which always feel a little odd to me to do, by the way, of, like, I don't really like self-promoting things in here, but then yeah. people ask us where they can find information, so we try to do yeah. it. Um, but anyways, it took me, like, I I mean, it is a business. It is, yeah, I get it. But it is, it's, it, it's funny because... Um, I, I have a struggle reading things from paper uh, and it's actually hard for me.
1: Reading aloud. Yes. That yes. is a challenge for you. Well,
0: not reading things on paper, like reading.
1: Reading out loud. Reading
0: out loud yes. from things that were previously written. From right, something that's written. Yes. yes. And even if I write it, it's still very difficult for me to read out <laughs> loud. It's yes. the funniest thing. I, I was, know. And I was listening to this podcast this morning and there's, there's a professional CEO in there and they, they were to asking him about his presentation style and they said, you know, do, do you, you know you pre you kind of write your speeches and he goes I have the framework in my head Mm -hmm. and then I just fill in the gaps because I can't actually read from like a teleprompter or read from a thing I have to kind of speak he said from the heart I just speak from intuition or creativity Mm -hmm. or whatever that is I feel like I'm much more there whereas you are the opposite of that
1: well I mean when I teach my webinars I only just I have my framework through my slides but I just It's not like I have anything written down. That's true.
0: But you. I just. But you, and I guess maybe just. I also
1: know the topic quite well, so I can talk on it for a long period of time without.
0: And, and, but in at the same time, you can also follow. I can also read
1: out loud. (laughs) Yes. That's really good.
0: That's (laughs) good. So I'm glad, glad we covered that. And you're on a little, uh, you're no more cold brew right now for a little while, right?
1: That's right. It's been coming up on like a week and a half of no caffeine yeah particularly my cold brew which i definitely miss i know
0: you know it's i was I was telling how before we jumped in i had never actually had cold brew before i had iced coffee and i drink one cup of black coffee a day and i had like two weeks ago before i was mountain biking one day and I had a little couple of sips and i was like wow this is really because i like dark burnt coffee yeah like just really like and i taste the cold brew i'm like wow this it just, it's just it's just zero calories it's but it's amazing
1: yeah so um, clearly you don't listen to me very well. Cause I'm pretty sure I've been talking about cold brew well, you for had, like six but I, years. I had, you
0: know, you know, in my head, I had it always, coffee. it was iced coffee. No, no, no. So it was always, I just figured that cold brew was just an, like another way of doing iced coffee until I realized that
1: cold brew is better.
0: It's better. And it's <laughs> yeah. a whole other thing. So I'm just a little late to show, but in case yes. anybody else was thinking the same thing, you can make it at home
1: too.
0: I don't know. O'Brien, like one of our guys on the hall makes it every day. And he's always like, Oh, you a
1: French press. That is not cold brew. He's
0: like a French press cold brew.
1: Uh, cold brew typically you have to do overnight, so I'm pretty sure he's not doing that. He's probably doing a French press and then pouring it over ice. He Could
0: be, he could be. But either way, actually, I know I I'm right good. Um, we were, uh, uh, I was having a wonderful, uh, well, over the weekend, it was really great. Um, we, I got, my son is in, in lacrosse and so he was, um, in a tournament, which was great because there's so many lessons that come from, from sporting events to be able to bring into business events. But a couple of our employees were actually there. Um, and one of the really interesting thing is, is, is that we were talking on uh, Monday morning when we were meeting with him and he said, you know, it was really neat to see how you reframed, like going from being like a coach to like a parent all in the midst of a couple of theirs and then instantly coming back into business and just wrapping your head and going right back into business. And so we had a wonderful and beautiful conversation about the freeing feeling of these roles that we play yet not identified in any roles, but also acknowledging the fact that you are playing a role in there. And it was like intuitively we always do this. Mm -hmm. So I think some of the, the, one of the most important characteristics I would say of life, but you could say characteristics of an entrepreneur, of a business owner, or somebody who is just living a full life, which all of us are, right? Uh, one of these characteristics is is one, number one, understanding that you do have these, you have these roles, right? And I think people they, they, if you ask you who they are, a lot of people are like, well, I'm a business owner or I'm uh, you know, a chief of staff or I am a marketing director or I am a sales a director mom, or, or I'm a mom or-, or exactly. I'm a, I'm a school teacher. Like they have these roles, but I think the, the, the problem that starts with this is when we, number one is when we become identified with the role and we carrying it around with us into every conversation that we're going into, which, and so we want to separate this conversation from understanding that there's values that of, of how you, you want to live your life that you can carry in every conversation. But the role that you play and I think it's really important. It's almost freeing to know that like in acknowledging that we have this role that we play many of them in many instances by the way in the same meeting and I'll give you examples of this and yet at the same time being able to throw the coat off the minute you don't need that either put another coat on or just not have any coat on right or it could be another role that you play of just being in the essence of those things but there's a there's an ethos or a string that can tie all those together not the identities but how you show up in those things because there's a quote that you know I think a lot of people use. And I actually don't agree with it.
1: Yeah. I don't remember the exact wording, but it was something along the lines of um, how you show up in one area of your life is how you show up in all areas of your life. Yeah. And And that may have been referenced to like, you know, if you're on time or something like that, but Honestly, sometimes you're on time for some things and sometimes you're not, depending on what, sometimes what role
0: you're playing. Yeah. I think we were actually having that. And you had it in one of our slides that we were presenting. And I'm like, I can't present that slide. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, why? And so we ended up actually having a long discussion about it. And you're like, oh, I think I understand. And at first I used to actually teach them. Like, yeah, how you show up everywhere is like, you have to show up there. And then all of a sudden as I maybe matured. You
1: show up with your values values. and like who you are and like the deeper sense sense of of self. But yeah, there's no way I show up the same way here at the office that I do at home.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, so it's impossible not to acknowledge that we have these roles on. That's kind of Mm -hmm. purpose of this is just giving people that freedom to say, well, hold on a second. Like we do have these roles that we play, right? Like Bill is a, in law enforcement. So like if he showed up at home as a law enforcement officer in the relationship that he's trying to have with you, it wouldn't really work.
1: Do you know what's actually really funny about that is every time we get together with some of our friends and they've known each other for 10 years and they've all worked together in law enforcement, they will tell me some stories about, about Bill and like he did this, and he was just like this badass, and da da da. <laughs> and I just look around the table and I'm like, who are you talking about? <laughs> and why doesn't that guy ever yeah. come home? Yeah. Because he is not like that yeah. at all. I yeah. mean, you know him. He's yes. like the most like yeah. docile human yeah, there is. He's a wonderful, yeah.
0: wonderful human and being. And all these
1: stories I hear from from his buddies, and I'm just like, he definitely has different. Yeah.
0: it's also sometimes when you know relatives or having family friends that um that uh or even friends for all the time but i always i always kind of in my head the way i always process is like i've been around you know you got 30 people in a family gathering and one of them is you know kind of successful or like a high-end job but you're sitting around like this table talking to them and you're going how the hell is this guy like a ceo of this company or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. like just made that up or how, how does he do this and then i have always astonished. And I go, well, so tell me what you do, right? Like, and then they start being really inquisitive, like, what does that mean if you? And boom, they like get into it. Mm-hmm. And you can see the switch go in there and how purposeful they are about their metrics they hit or how they do this or how they purposefully lead. And what is that? And so then you go, oh, I can see it now. But then when you're sitting around a table, they're not acting that way. So it's almost like, it's like if you're a baseball player and you're sitting around there, like they don't know that you're a good baseball player until you see you acting in the field. And it's the same type of thing happens in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I think it's how you define that quote, right? Like, there's, some people would say well yeah how you show up is how you show up everywhere again like being on time or you know or do you show up with kindness those are I think those values are valued or, or, or
1: your integrity yeah that sort whatever
0: of thing. word you want to put there that makes like whatever word makes sense for you there but not like I show up in golf knowing that I'm going to be mediocre right I show up in a lot of activities that I don't they don't care as much about, knowing that I'm not going to show up with the same level of intensity as I do other things that I care about.
1: Right. But, but to that, but to that point, you would, but you would, you, you would still be respectful of other team members. You would have, you would be, have neutral energy around the outcome of the game, et cetera, et cetera. And that is the same you that goes to business and, and yeah. as a parent.
0: Well, I think I think the, the point of that is that people go, well, I show up in business with a lot of intensity, so I have to show at home up with a lot of intensity. I show up in business with always having to cast this vision and being the leader in charge, and then I come home and I want to be this leader and I want to be in charge, and that can break a marriage.
1: Yeah, I actually often will say I, um, I've I made way too many decisions all week yes. <laughs> or all day, yeah. and I'm just like, I can't make any more decisions. And I am expected to make the decisions yeah. at, in, at home because – That's to a certain degree who I am, but, uh, and, but yeah, I'm just like, no decisions can't do it.
0: I think there can be a, and don't want to. Yeah. There, there can be a a sense of when you're rewarded in some of the roles that you have and you bring them home, you're not rewarded in the same capacity. Right. So like I always look at this in my life, like I'm, I, my job is to cast vision. It's to hold people accountable that need helping accountable. yeah. really have to we do that. Right. And then it's also like removing roadblocks and making very high level quality decisions for the organization, how we spend our time, how we spend our resources, our capital, how, who we hire, who we don't hire. There's a yeah. lot of decisions that go into that. Then if I bring that home, then Sarah ends up living my life mm-hmm. that I'm deciding on instead of really bringing in the family. Or if I'm asking him as a family, it's, it's really maybe not the full extent of that. And people just kind of naturally fall into that because I'm just leading that and instead of actually pausing. And like you said, like, no, why don't you make the decision? Why yeah. don't you allow that to go?
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say it only lasts for only a short period of time because, because that, and then I do wonder like, but you know, some of those qualities are inherent, I would say, are behavioral yes, for, you for know, us.
0: Yeah, totally. And you got to know when they're being over or yeah. they're, they're, they're overused to a point where you're trying to get what you want. Um, at least I'm saying this in my life, like mm-hmm. how I would use them as a way of trying to get what I want almost manipulating my gift or whatever the area that I like to show up in. I can show up in there and be very persuading and be very vision oriented and pull everyone there, which is not a bad thing if it's the if it's the Mm -hmm. same vision that everyone shares, but it may not be, right? Like I can give you an example of this in my life. Like when I was doing Iron Mans, I loved doing Iron Mans. That was Mm -hmm. a vision for Adam. Yes. Right? It was a vision for Adam. But then I would talk about how wonderful it'd be to come on vacation on these events that I would do. And then, you know, after a couple of them, Sarah's like, you understand these aren't fun for me. I'm like, what do you mean? They're, they're amazing. I'm out there running these yeah. things. She's like, well, I'm, I have three kids yeah, a ton I'm of work. running around there. It's so much work for me. I want to support you, but understand like, this is exhausting for me. Yeah, And That's, I was like, I was like, I can't, I don't understand. <laughs> like it's so, and she's like, because you're not dealing with any of this. So just an example of that, like how it can show up like, Hey, I'm, I'm but I'm te- but I'm, but I'm teaching these kids modeling, like of exercise and how to push through this. Yes, you are. And there's got to be like, okay, so if you really want to do this, then go do it by yourself or get a babysitter or have them stay with somebody else and have Sarah come. And she really enjoys that part. So, again, you can still do your thing. Just make sure you're very heightened aware of how your your actions of what you're doing are are consequences to anybody else that's around you. And so kind of going back to um, the freeing of shedding these identities. And yet, being willing to step into the identity when you need to, which I think is is mm-hmm. one of the most wonderful characteristics a, a conscious leader can have. And so, let me give some examples of this thing. Can I just say one yeah. thing? It's not
1: necessarily just clarify for me. It's not necessarily shedding them. It's because because you can't. I don't know. Maybe you can completely get rid of an identity, but it's not necessarily shedding it. It's just knowing what, what one to use when being conscious of the identity that you have.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. So really what it comes down to is like in the moment is knowing when to step into the identity and to, and to shed it kind of like what you said, but you are stepping into the role. So I'll give you this yeah. example And not being attached to anyone atta- particular. You're, you're, you're a, you're a, it's almost like you're a mist floating through it and yes. you're willing to be, tr- to step up and shine in whatever moment you need to shine. But it's not always it, – you don't carry that and identify with it in everything you necessarily do. So let me just give you –
1: or, or we'll, But except the fact that so many people do well, and it. that become, that's it. can become challenging.
0: That's it. And what they what they do is they've actually convinced themselves that they don't identify with this, but they're so identified with something else that they can't actually yes. understand. Hold on. Let's pause for a second. Hi, guys. Hey, come, come – you, you did pretty good. Yeah, you did. Come <laughs> give me a hug and a
1: kiss. And we're back. And we're back. Which I actually think is, Agreed. I mean, hilarious, hilarious yes, for her timing that um, two of your little children just came in to say hi and you switched right into dad mode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually hilarious that we were doing this podcast right in that same yeah, time. And, yeah. and like, well, they walked in and I was like, well, maybe they'll sit there for a second. And then all of a sudden they started being loud. You could hear it as a listener, yeah, probably yeah. like the drop and stuff in there. And I was like, okay, I just need to give them some attention for a second yeah. uh, for what it is. But I mean, th- that's part of the, the role that we can do. Right. And so I, I think... Um, going back into it. So I think giving yourself so as an example is like if you're leading an organization or you're just leading any division or you're walking in as a leader knowing when to actually lead the conversation knowing when to actually follow be a follower mm-hmm. knowing when that you could be a janitor sometimes like I walk through a building and I pick stuff up nobody ever notices that I do or whatever it is so it's never so it's just understanding that you can switch into these roles constantly that life is asking you to do like i, I we're using these in these terms of words but i would even look at it as just like you're just doing your job Right. You're just showing up in that moment and that job can take on different components of it. And I say the word job, job can be in your family life just in terms of like what you're actual doing. So, I mean, sometimes you need to be the one making the full-time decision. Sometimes you need to be the one actually sitting there asking the question. Sometimes you need to, be to let somebody else take the reins of what it is. And again, if you're not attached to your, I'm the owner of this company, then maybe you'll be much more open to allowing somebody to actually lead that meeting or that conversation or that division and giving somebody to do without feeling this imposter syndrome that so many people have because you're still cloaked in this whole world of, of I'm the one that needs to be the CEO or the, or the owner and needs to bring all this value. That is a, that is a fragmentation, right? Or that is a, a side effect, if you will, Mm -hmm. of being identified with a role that you're not realizing that you're still identified with because if you weren't identified with being a leader or a CEO, then you would never feel an imposter syndrome. You would never actually feel that because it wouldn't matter if you had the role or not. <laughs> I'm right, getting to thinking
1: about that. And I'm right. like, is that really true though?
0: It is. If you didn't have any energy around whether or not you actually. But
1: should, imposter syndrome means like you're feeling like a fraud.
0: Yes. Which means that you need to be the
1: one adding the value. Well, I mean, you can be an imposter, feel as an imposter syndrome as a parent. You can feel imposter syndrome as. Exactly. Team member as anybody. Yeah, totally.
0: So, but I'm just saying what I'm saying is. You can show up with zero energy there in that role as a mom or as a teenager or as a, a parent or as a business owner or as an employee, right, with, and show up 150% but have no energy attached to it. And then again, if somebody said, well, you're not holding value, you'd go, let me work on it. What can I do to do these different things? But you wouldn't be attached to it. You'd actually be untethered from the role that you play. Mm -hmm. Which, and so like in that instance, then a lot of these things that prevent people from being conscious leaders would actually not be a problem anymore (laughs) because we're still so attached to these roles. That's what I mean. Like they're so embedded in us that we, we think that we've peeled off one or two layers of the role that we're attached to, but we really haven't done the deep work to actually remove it from ourselves.
1: Where's the difference between pulling back and removing the role and then it just being you and who you are?
0: Well, who you are is the one who's witnessing all of this.
1: Right. But you, we do have. You mean the
0: personality?
1: Yeah. Like our nature, right? Or
0: everyone's their ego, whatever it is. Well, not necessarily
1: ego, but everyone has their own nature. We've talked about that before. Yes, you do. So where, like, if somebody's nature is to be um, a mom, let's just say that. If their nature is to be a mom, at what point can they take the mom hat off if that's like what their nature is?
0: Well, I, I think somebody's nature wouldn't be necessarily to be a mom. It may be to oh, be like serving be nurturing. or nurturing or okay, caring. Okay. And then yeah. the mom is the role that you play.
1: Right, because you can do it in many you can ways.
0: Do, like Mother Teresa, I don't think, had any kids of her own. No, she did not. So, but yet, she was very motherly, right? I'm just yes. using that as a and big name. That we're doing, but and, yeah. there's plenty of people that we've never heard of that are doing that, right? That, that don't have you know, kids role to play their role, but they're still showing up very nurturing. They're doing it. They could nurture in their business. They can nurture for, you know, people take care of me that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there could be all these different things. So the mom is the, is the identity, the, who you are, the values or the nature of you is a caring, nurturing person. There's going to be some people that right. are that much more that are much more, ext- ext- you know, extra, you know, extraordinary right not extraordinary is not the right word um extroverted extraordinary for that but like are much more extroverted and like that's how they show up right there's birds that talk all day long and there's birds that don't
1: <laughs> right and an extrovert in that example somebody who's extremely extroverted can get into business they can become an artist they they play can play different roles. But Absolutely, at the core is just their nature, their values, whatever. Yeah,
0: even Steve Jobs was not a tech guy, right? Like right. Steve Jobs, his his nature was simplistic, simplicity, simplicity, mm-hmm. and Like he happened to bring that into technology, and then he happened to be a CEO from that, right? It's for one of those those roles that you had to play. Like Michael Singer, as many people know, is a, I, I love that guy, and like he his entire nature was to be very. Um, introverted and quiet yet he became a CEO of a, of a company that was worth billions of dollars in the nineties. And, and he had to look up what it was like to be on a board, right? Like before he was doing it, but he played that role, but he knew it wasn't him. He was just the role that I play until I no longer needed to play it. And there was zero energy whether or not he needed to be that role anymore. And when it wasn't time for him to be that role anymore, he just moved away and then he became a writer. He still taught. He was teaching through business and he taught through lecturing and whatever it is that he was doing. That's always stayed the nature of it. So I think there's a nature or this, this personality that we have that we're bringing into it that takes on different roles in our lives. It's, it's the, this, this addiction to thinking you are that role or that you're, you're thinking that you are that identity and wanting to maintain that when it's not the right um, moment to maintain that is what causes a lot of suffering and disharmony within people.
1: Yeah, I was going to say not even necessarily just the moment, but also when it no longer serves other people or you. Yeah. And, and yeah. most,
0: and that's what I, and most of the time it doesn't like, you know, you could have a, you know, um, you brought this example, but I don't know if this was directly for your mom, but like you brought up the example <laughs> yes, it was. Of, of an example <laughs> of like, when does a mom be a friend?
1: Yeah. Like when uh, you're 37 years old, it would yeah. be nice if you weren't being mommed still, <laughs> but you, I mean, maybe you know what I mean? Like there's a
0: well, my brother told me this story yeah. the other day. Like he's like he had my he's like, Dad, can I just borrow a chainsaw? My brother is forty three. He's like, Can I borrow a chainsaw? I don't take down these limbs. And my dad's like, Oh, you know, there's a chain guard in this, like the chains can flip back here and they can really cut you. And he's like, Oh, he's like, I'm gonna come drop it off. So he comes to go drop it off. He's like, I'm actually just gonna go do it do for it. you. Yeah. And my brother's like, dad, like I'm forty three, I'm a grown man, I can cut yeah. a two inch branch with a chainsaw. No, let me just do it for you. and it's Yeah. <laughs> he had that same role. So again, that's that you can use example after example of this. It's
1: which is generally fine. But there's some times where it doesn't necessarily serve Tommy or me well. Yes. You know?
0: Or even in parenting, there's yeah. times that I'm a coach to my parents. There's times that I'm, a, that, I'm a, that I'm a disciplinary to my kids. And there's a time that I'm just a friend. Like sometimes they just, and, you, and I think as a, like that's helped me parent a lot better because there's times when, I think you, and the more the less attached to any of these roles are that you have, mm-hmm. the easier it is to see which role you need to play. And again, right. I would just go back to saying it's easier to see how you serve the moment because that's right. all you're really doing. Right, right. What's at the end of what we're saying here is coming me back to the basics of how do you serve the moment, and how you serve the moment is going to be based on what the moment's doing in front of you. If if all hell is breaking loose in your business, you probably need to be the CEO, right? And you need, probably need to be a wartime CEO, right? If you know if your family's laughing and having a wonderful time. You probably don't need to be a wartime CEO. Right. <laughs> right. Like the other, we were, we were on the lake and we had a little paddleboard. Right. And it was just like, I'm there. And like, at first I was like safety around boats. And then all of a sudden we got to the safe area and I was like, I don't need to be, I don't need to be safety anymore. So then we had all the kids in the paddleboard. We kept tipping it and we were just laughing and having a ton of fun. And it's just like, you just got to, what's conserve the moment. So again, even in these, it's just, it's just being willing to be translucent almost to what's happening in life so that in the, in the interesting thing is, the, again, I'll say this again, the more you play that role, that role of role, the meaning that you can play any role, the easier it is to see which one you actually need to serve. And that's why I, you hear people talk about like well, an apple tree is serves. Well, of course, because it's just doing it. Why wouldn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, like, you know, when you're doing your job as a CEO or as an employee, like, of course, why wouldn't you, if you're being a friend to a friend, why wouldn't you? Right? If you're being a parent needing to have a disciplinary talk, of course, why wouldn't you? If you need to be a parent and be a friend, or if you need to be a sister and a brother, or you need to be you know, I used the example of the day in this conversation. I said, or you just need to be a stranger putting a smile on your face to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's a role you play too. You're not going to walk into a grocery store where nobody knows you and be the CEO. Right? <laughs> like, but that's what people yeah. do. They walk around like, Oh, look at that guy or girl, right? Like she's walking right. around. Don't they know who I am? Yeah, why like am I being
1: inconvenient? Why isn't somebody yeah. holding
0: the door for me? Cause I yeah. like all these things. It just, it puts it gives you a sense of humility that you're just serving you're just doing your job i listened to this podcast from rick uh elias with um peter T on the drive and it was a rerun from a 2019 episode and i really enjoyed it but rick was a passenger on the um Hudson river plane that went down right mm-hmm. in 2009 and he re, and they recap the story there it's really you definitely take a look at it we'll look into our show notes it's really wonderful but one of the things he also runs a multiple multiple thousand company uh organization and he's, he's been very successful but one of the things he said is after the whole ordeal went down and they were up on the shore like an hour after the plane happened uh at, went down and and Magically landed for what it was. By the way, it was really interesting on there. Like, if they they landed at 151 miles an hour, if they had landed at 153, they would have like hit the ground in a different way. If they hadn't hit the tail perfectly, it would have flipped over. If any of the if they had 149 miles an hour, apparently the plane would have blown up. I don't know how, but that's what they they there was like a four mile per hour. It was like like zero, (laughs) basically like in like in zero. And the captain Sully actually happened to be a gliding captain, meaning he taught planes had to glide down not for safety necessarily but like there was a gl- like you have a gliding plane yes so yes. like they're gliding planes not just to save your life but and that's how he knew how to glide he he broke protocol didn't go back to the other because he would hit buildings he knew he wasn't going to make it from the gliding factor that he had and he landed the thing like it's unbelievable it's actually yeah. but anyways when he was when this guy rick came up after the uh, on the boat he saw sully standing there by himself kind of taking it all in what just happened he walked up to him he said hey thanks for saving my life and he said he turned around or he looked at him and he said Uh, three words, he said uh, the sentence that he said, I remember the rest of my life. He said, I was just doing my job. And so I think it's like, it's, it goes back to that same thing is like in that moment, he was just doing his job. Like we're just doing our job. We're just serving in that moment. And yes, we call them roles. We have titles on them, but don't become the title. Don't become it. Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about this as well too. And he said, Hey, when I'm, when I'm up as a spiritual teacher, the minute I'm no longer up here teaching, I drop the whole identity of being a spiritual teacher because I don't want to ever walk around thinking I'm better than anybody else as a spiritual teacher. Mm. And so he, cause people have asked him about that many times and he's like, when I go up on stage, I understand that I'm playing a role that thousands of people are listening to me mm-hmm. and I'm going to speak. But the minute I'm no longer doing this, I'm no longer living that <laughs> And so it's the same type of concept for any of these roles. It's that you can be a father and be so addicted to, you know, a role that you had. And I'm just seeing this right now in kids sports because it's funny because my kids are there at this age. You can see these parents who want sports. So like they're reliving their entire lettered college or high school or college, you know, football or the cross mm-hmm. or baseball and they're reliving it with their kids right like they're no longer they're there it's for them more than it is for their kids because they're mm-hmm. trying to live vicariously through them because they can't necessarily anymore and yes there's a role you can play with coaching your kids in sports but man it can be overly abused and I think that's oh, an yeah. example of that or your father or a mother and your kids you know you're so identified with that role and then all of a sudden they want to leave the nest and you can't let them so then you start you know because then what are you going to do and mm-hmm. what's your value and we see that I've seen that with grandparents right now of, of mine or parents of even our remote family of like them not wanting to let go of their grown children because they don't know what they're going to do with themselves because they're, they don't rec, they don't say it this way but they're so sure. attached to this role that they've been playing for 30 years right because if you have generational type you know kids that are all different ages mm-hmm. how do you break that so again I'm just giving people the freedom to throw the jackets off right? Throw the whole identity of who you are. And if the identity or the moment is asking you to show up in a role, show up. If you're an employee and they're asking you to be the CEO, be the CEO.
1: What if you are not equipped for the role?
0: Then you divert it. Then you do either you A, do your best that you can, uh, or number two, you, you take the next level of action that you can to help get somebody that can be equipped for the role. If there's an accident going, you can't handle the sight of blood, you're probably not good at the use of it, but you can certainly turn away and call 911 and help flag somebody down or get somebody else that can actually help out. The same type of situation to go. The, the, the really interesting thing about this is the minute people let go of this, this identity to all these roles, and one of the reasons why I have these conversations is because I don't think people realize how addicted they are to their roles, but once people let go of their roles, they, the clarity that comes is um is stronger than anything you get than the mind can generate. Can I it's just there? Yeah, go
1: offer ahead. an alternative perspective <laughs> because I feel like I might be experiencing this a little bit when you let go of the roles. It doesn't necessarily immediately feel clear. It actually can be, um, you actually are left. Uncertain, confused and not quite sure who you are.
0: Yeah. Um well that's one that's the deep, deep work, right? So like once you what you're doing is you're letting go of your entire identity of who you thought you were. So that's a whole other level.
1: And so yeah, then I it, maybe have done roles already. I'm not yes, sure. I, think, you've I rolled, think I've done that okay so far.
0: You've you've rolled back a lot and you've done that deep work. Now you're what you're trying to understand is because you recognize a truth. That was no longer, that was always present, but it's becoming lighter and brighter in your life. And you're gr- naturally drawn to this truth that's within you. And so that's, what's causing the confusion right now is that there's a, there's a.
1: Right. Because I think, well, then what do I do? Yes. yes. Because there's
0: an ego that goes, well, if you follow that light, that's down there, that's, yeah. that's that bright light that keeps getting brighter. If you go, if you go touch that, then I'm not going to survive over here. So therefore I'm going to just tell you everything I can do to try to get you to pay attention to me. That's what the right. ego says. And the ego going, well, what would you do, Hallie? What would you do? How'd you show up? What would your value be in the world? Maybe I need a new this? identity. Yes. Next. Maybe yeah. you need to go do something different. Maybe you need to move. Yeah. Maybe you need to go have kids. Maybe you go to another dog. Maybe you need to move your house. That's what's going to do it. And it's just going to try to distract you from going towards that light. So that's the wonderful place that you're at. And many people I think are, are getting towards, which is you, there's a burning truth in you. And it's always there for people. Most people have just covered it up. But it starts to become brighter and brighter and stronger and pulling stronger. And it starts pulling you into it a little bit more. And yet there's this battle that's happening inside because this old way of you is going, and which is the ego, right? It's the mm-hmm. egoic level of your concepts, your images, your identities, your roles, all these experiences wrapped up into a very tight knot. And it's going, Don't let go of me. If you let go of me, you're never gonna survive in this world. And everything you've done is gonna be worthless and people are gonna think that you're this. And it's I mean it's just terrible talk, by the way. Yeah. And then what you do is you say, Well, I'm just that doesn't at some point you just I'm glad you brought it to this level. At some point, you just... you, you <laughs> I didn't think I was going to. At some point, you just... Then you look over there and you go, I hear you. Thank you. It doesn't work. What you're saying talking the inside, right? Mm -hmm. The mind is saying over there that that mind is just talking. That's the nature. Everyone has a nature. The mind or the ego's nature is to do this. (laughs) That is its nature. A tick bites people, right? The mind talks. The ego distracts you from yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just its nature. It's all that it is. But the problem is, is we're so caught up in it that we don't realize that that's actually what's happening until you see it that way and you go, wait, hold on. I've been following that all my life. And it's not that it's wrong. It just doesn't work. And I'm, I sense and I can see, you can feel, poem, I don't know what the word I can use to point to that. There's something inside that's going, this isn't it. And that's what you, go. Then you, just, then you just move. You just actually like physically turn around inside and you start going towards a deeper truth that becomes a knowing of who you are at that level and at that point all of your roles start to evaporate but the cool thing is and the refreshing thing about that is is when people jump in there because it's going to feel like jumping into a fire right yes and martha beck talks about this wonderfully and she said when you jump into the fire one of two things were going to happen you become a phoenix and you rise up from the right from the ashes and it was a fire and it hurt (laughs) but you still rise up or you realize it wasn't a fire in the first place so it can't hurt That's what you end up doing. At some point, everyone will be faced if they go deep enough Mm -hmm. with that choice because there's a choice to go back to wanting to go back to this safe concept that I've created in my head that feels so good because I know it even though it's wrong, it just is there versus turning around and going to this much more knowing of a truth. And by the way, once you're there, then you can look back and you go, oh, I can play all these roles. I can be a writer. I can be an author. I can be a CEO. I can be a trainer. I can be a mom. I can be a dad. I can be anything. And it's just fun. It's like Halloween. That's literally how you see it. I hate Halloween. It's like dress up. I don't it's know. The worst what, <laughs> ever. We, need to, we can do some deep work on that then. Um, but that's the, that's the reality is you just look back after you get there and you turn around and you go, what the hell was I doing with my life before? Why was I so attached to all these roles? And I wonder why I'm walking around anxious. No wonder why I want everyone to see me as somebody else. No wonder why I want everyone to have additional value for me. I want all these things to happen and you recognize you don't need any of that. Cause all the only reason why you were doing that was to feel good in the first place. When you can just turn around and feel wonderful a hundred times million it's not a number, I know that, but like you get it, like a lot more than you could before. And that's the gift that you start to get. So where do people start with this? What's a characteristics of a conscious business, right? One of the most important characteristics is what we're talking about here is, and I, I would say that it's the most important characteristic of any conscious leader is to be willing to be untethered from any of the roles they play, which gives them complete freedom to interact with whatever role they need to, which IE is just serving or contributing based on the moment that's in front of you. Hey everybody, before you leave today, Hallie and I wanted to thank everybody who has left us a review. It really does make a huge impact in helping us get this podcast into the hands of other conscious leaders. Here's a review from Scott.
1: Yeah. So Scott said, each time I listen, I find myself rethinking previously held beliefs. I am then left with a push to reframe my perspective on things related to my personal and business growth. This podcast does not serve to reinforce your already existing beliefs about personal growth. It inspires you to discover new paths and perspectives to live out the life you have with meaning and impact.
0: And thanks so much for leaving a review. And by the way, please let us know what you like about the podcast, what you would love to see more of by leaving us a review wherever you listen to our show.